in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, silly me. I thought when you uh, run for president, you got to have balloons, you got to have a crowd, maybe an escalator if you're really cool. Um, I guess Ron DeSantis, uh, all you need is a Twitter account. And, um, oh, uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, it, this is the weirdest. What is it going to be? A silent movie tonight? No, it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a radio show. I mean, I like radio, but there are, uh, when you're announcing for president as Ron DeSantis allegedly is doing tonight, he's doing it with Elon Musk in the form of an interview. Very strange. Elon Musk, great guy. I think he's so amazing. He's changing the world. He's for free speech. Um, but why does he need to hitch his wagon to Ron DeSantis? Or why is Ron DeSantis hitching his wagon to Elon Musk? Does he work for Elon Musk? Here's Elon Musk telling us what's going to happen tonight. Cut 17, please. We'll be interviewing um, Ron DeSantis, and he has quite an announcement to make. Um and will be the first time that something like this is happening on social media and with uh, real-time questions and answers, uh, not, not scripted. Uh, so it's going to be live and let, 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 let her rip. Let it, let it rip. It's going to be live on Twitter. <laughs> Isn't everything kind of live on Twitter? I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what it means. I think that this is a little bit, is Ron DeSantis a little bit desperate? Is his campaign doomed before it even officially launches? You know, since January, it's been one big mistake after the next, one big blunder after the next. Some big, some political, some real, some phony. Look, a lot of political coverage is phony. It's just a nitnoid kind of, oh, boy, his, this advisor said this about that advisor, and oh, this endorsement, will, and this will not play well with this person, and all that nonsense, but it all boils down to something. And I don't think Ron is good at playing this game so far. Not so good. Uh, Elon Musk wants, uh, well, what is Elon Musk? Does it really matter? I guess it does. He's the number one dude in the world in terms of money and influence, uh, apart from, well, Trump and a couple of other people. I guess he is richer than Trump. He's the richest man in the world. And this is what he wants. Does it matter what he wants? I mean, I'm, I'm well, no, I, kinda, I guess. It, well, he's inserting himself into this big thing tonight. Cut 18. My preference, and I think would be the preference of most Americans, is really to have someone fairly normal in office. Um, one, <laughs> I think we'd all be quite uh, quite happy with that, actually. Um, you know, I think someone that uh, is representative of the moderate views that I think most of the country holds in reality. You know, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to, and I like Elon Musk, but sorry, we're not the MAGA group, Make America Great Again. We're not extremists. We're... Um, Actually, I would say we're moderates, people who want to save America, people who believe in the border, people who believe in not starting phony foreign wars that we can't finish, who don't want to be taxed to death, who don't want overregulation, who understands there has to be a public uh, a safety net for people who can't make it on their own, but you don't start throwing trillions of dollars of people who can make it on their own and make them the um, so dependent on government. We've seen what it's done to genuinely poor people. The welfare class, right? The welfare system, what it's done to them. Now we have it across the board. I don't think that's, I don't think that's extreme. 
That's what they want to portray us as. Okay, fine. That's what I don't think they've actually thought that deeply about it. Elon Musk, I like him a lot, but actually this tells me he hasn't thought about these things as uh, as deeply as I, I thought he would have. Cut 19. The way things are set up is that we, we, we do have a system that seems to push things towards the edges because of the primaries. So in order to win the primary, you've got to win, um, obviously, majority of your party's vote. Uh, in both cases, that tends to cause a swing to the left and the right. He's talking about politics from 20, 30 years ago, at least on the Republican side. Uh, now, um, the, the the positions that are advocated to help, we don't care. We don't care if you want to portray them as right. They aren't. They're, they are centrist. They are saving America. If you think it's a right-wing position to say that drag queens shouldn't be hanging around with kids in school, oh, there should be some compromise on that, right? There should be some compromise somehow. How? How are we going to compromise on that? It's insane and disgusting. We're not going to compromise on that. And if you want to say we're right-wingers, I guess you can, but you'd be lying, or you would have been duped. Elon Musk... An oligarch. He's an oligarch. He's a guy who's uh, one of these guys who runs the world. Why? Well, because he's very, very rich. Do you drive a Tesla? I don't. Have you been on one of his rockets? I haven't. I know he's a good guy, but bottom line, forget about all of his goodness. He's in this conversation because he's rich. And they want to run the world, and kind of they do already. Cut 20, please. Cut 20. So many donors out there and others who have high hopes for a Trump alternative. The donors that have flocked to him right now. What the donors want is not what the grassroots want. Donors are thinking more about electability. We want to win. We want to take back the White House. All right. Donors, donors. Who the hell are these donors? I thought in America you were uh, reduced or actually limited in how much you could donate, no matter how rich you are. If you're a multi-billionaire, can you just only write a check for what's the federal limit? For a long time, it was two thousand. I think it might be about five thousand by now. Five thousand dollars per person. Um, lots of people, if they wanted to, could actually afford that. Believe it or not. I mean, yeah, if you really wanted to, you could. You could be a donor as well. They're not talking about the five thousand dollar donation, though. They're talking about these guys who can bundle money and or write big seven figure checks to those political action committees on which there is no. There's no limit. There's no limit per contributor. So if you got the, you know, Make America First Again uh, political action committee that is made to support Ron DeSantis, if you're a billionaire or whatever, you can write any check for any amount you want to this group. And somehow the donors are more important than you and me? I don't think so. I think actually we should, uh, that should be reduced. Everybody should be, well, then again, that's a freedom of speech thing. I don't know if I'm for that either. But I don't believe that this is up to the, to the donor class. They never talked about those donors until this cycle, until this cycle. Hey, um, tonight, I guess the first thing that DeSantis should say is thank you, President Trump, because President Trump gave him the governorship, gave him, uh, well, gave him a political philosophy. I'm pretty convinced that DeSantis was just a guy who wanted to be in politics. You know, he, this is a way for people to be celebrities if they don't sing or dance. You know, you don't sing, you don't dance, you don't tell jokes, but you want to be famous. Well, politics is an option, right? And, uh, you know, he just saw a message that seemed to be working for somebody else. Cut 21, please. Cut 21. This is Ron DeSantis' TV commercial when he wanted to be governor in 2018. 
Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis, is endorsed by President Trump. But he's also an amazing dad. Ron loves playing with the kids. Build the wall. He reads stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. He's teaching Madison to talk. Make America great again. People say Ron's all Trump, but he is so much more. Big league. So good. I just thought you should know. Ron DeSantis for governor. Wow. <laughs> just, I mean, come on. How can you turn and run against the guy who gave you your philosophy, in large part your mannerisms, your personality even? Trump hit him hard this morning. Here we go from the Truth Social. Ron DeSantis cannot win the general election or get the nomination because he voted to obliterate Social Security. You know, he did. Even wanting to raise the minimum wage to 70 or more, more, voted to badly wound Medicare and fought hard and voted for a 23% tax on everything, sales tax. He was and is a disciple of horrible rhino Paul Ryan and others, too many to mention right here, but you know who I'm talking about. Also, he desperately needs a personality transplant. And to the best of my knowledge, they are not medically available yet. A disloyal person. Damn, that's uh, that's quite a statement. I love it. Let's see here. What else did he put out this morning? I got 1.2 million more votes in Florida than DeSanctus. You know, I know some people are totally horrified by this stuff. You know what? He's doing it instead of paying a bunch of surrogates to do it. Surrogates don't do it as well. And you got to pay them first. And they won't put their whole heart into it because someday they may be working for Ron DeSantis. I mean, Ron DeSantis, right? You can't really trust too many of these uh, political consultants. They're always looking for the next gig. Anyway, uh, he says, I got 1.2 million more votes in Florida than DeSantis. Also, Bill Hemmer at Fox News just used an old poll showing me leading by 51% to 25%. Why doesn't Fox get a more up-to-date poll? 72% to 18%, with the other candidates much lower, just like 2016. It's why people are leaving Fox News. P.S. Without me, DeSantis would have lost the primary and the general. Thank you. Thank you, President Trump. Uh, yeah, I think he's, uh, it's hard to argue with. It's hard to argue with. And, and now Ron DeSantis won't even go on television, won't even face the people. I don't know. I'm, I'm all over Twitter. I know how to use Twitter. I don't know how to watch what the hell's going on tonight. What is Twitter Spaces? What is that? Does anybody know what Twitter Spaces is? Has anybody ever seen an event on Twitter Spaces? I have not. And we're going to listen to uh, the richest man in the world. I do get the sense that, you know, DeSantis really works for them. He has bosses. I can't imagine him going into a room full of billionaires and DeSantis telling them, you know, who's boss. I just can't imagine that. That he he he's too deferential. He's too young. He's not wealthy enough. He's not accomplished enough. Well, he's the governor of Florida. You know what? I'm sorry. These donors that are so important, they don't necessarily respect that. I mean, they think they got him elected, and in large part they did. This is he's it, the strings are being pulled by other people, other more powerful people, and I don't like that. Do you? Is that remotely fair? I don't think so. And um, we'll see. In the meantime, did you see my show last night, the 10 p.m. Newsmax show, which is turning a lot of heads, including the well, uh, President Trump. I mean, he endorsed the show the other night, said everybody should watch us and not Fox News. That was one hell of a nice thing to say. And then he, then I didn't realize this. He tweeted about four clips from my show the other night. 
uh, an interview I did, not an interview, I'm sorry, some highlights from Byron Donalds on Meet the Press. I played him, I talked about him, I provided context, I said, this is what he's, this is the, this makes a lot of sense when Byron Donald says DeSantis is not ready to go up against Putin. And I showed that and I put a video of Putin and, and uh, DeSantis together and then cut it with Trump. And anyway, I'm so pleased that people are noticing the show. Let's see what else. I played the clip of Nikki Haley saying she would not run if Trump once and Trump writes, this is classic. I would not run if President Trump ran by Nikki Haley linked to my show. Um, here's uh, another swamp career politician, Robert Gates. Watch. And I put up that thing about Robert Gates, who knows that Biden is a bad guy, terrible president, but he's so mealy mouthed and wimpy about it. He doesn't want to come out and say that directly because, well, he's a prisoner of the swamp. He has to think about, you know, contracts and donors to donors again to the University of Texas or wherever he's hanging out, these people have their own agenda. It's not an American agenda. They can't just, they're always, they always have to make all this money. They're always, and very conflicting loyalties. Anyway, it's great. And, um, yeah, Donald Trump, Laura Ingram on Fox News just did a hit piece on me showing some polls which indicate that Ron DeSanctimonious may do better against Biden than I would when I actually do much better in the polls. Everybody should watch Greg Kelly on Newsmax. At 10 p.m., and I think that's great advice. Thank you, Mr. President. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We need to have a conversation about mental health, about crime. What we need to do is have a conversation as a country. So we need to have a different conversation as a country about guns, but also a different conversation about policing. We need to be having a conversation right now about how traumatic it is to our communities. Oh, boy. Yes, I love the idea of having a conversation. But the left, they never actually mean it. Uh, they mean a lecture from the left. You listen, you shut the hell up, and you listen to their agenda. Did you see that? crazy professor although she's not so crazy she was triggered by pro-life literature uh the new york post has her on the front page there uh just an adjunct professor which is not like a full professor that's like a what a part-time professor right you just come in i don't know two or three times a month to teach a class right it works like that this is the one who went berserk when she saw at a um a student event some pro-life material can you hear it can you hear what happens here cut 29 you're not educated this is propaganda. What are you going to do? Like anti trans next? Dump you in the next? I mean, no, we're, we're talking about abortion. This is. This is violent. You're triggering my students. Oh, I'm sorry about that. You're, no, you're not. Because you I'm can't sorry. even have. That's so you don't even know what that is. You don't even know what this is. Get this out of here. Huh? Okay, you couldn't really. It looked worse than it sounded. She flipped the table, threw all that stuff all over the place, all of their pro-life literature. She said, this is violence. You're triggering me. You're triggering people. Just having an opinion, an opinion that's different from, look, I'm surrounded by liberals. I don't hassle them. I don't kick over their tables. I don't say that their leftist opinions are triggering me. I say they're, they're wrong. And I, especially these, um, poor children who are being corrupted and per, kind of used for perverse me- methods, right? I mean, geez, puberty blockers and all that stuff. Um, maybe I should get a little bit more active and more out there, especially when they start ruining baseball games. Not that I've been to a baseball game anytime 
recently, but have you heard about the, the we talked about this, uh, the nuns, the indulgent nuns, sisterhood of the indulgent nunnery. And uh, this is what they're all about. This is the team. This is the crew that was invited to LGBTQ plus night at Dodger Stadium. <coughs> Why the hell do they have LGBTQ plus night at Dodger Stadium? That's another thing. But this is where they are, and these are the guests of honors uh, at Pride Night coming up in Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. And it's not just happening there; it's all across the country. This uh, this Pride stuff. Hey, is it is this uh, Pride Month yet? It's next month, right? Oh, believe me, we'll know it's Pride Month. Uh, cut thirty one. Dancing around. Now they're going to start talking. What is it you guys do again? I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it takes to become a sister. You start as an aspirant and you aspire for a couple of months. We use the term ministry very loosely because my ministry is making someone laugh, putting a smile on somebody's face and raising money for groups that cannot. All right. Basically, it's a sex club. All right. It's a gay sex club. And if you want to have a gay sex club, great. Um, But should you be invited to Dodger Stadium? For gay, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that goes with baseball. It's uh, totally, it's just irrelevant to baseball. You're ruining stuff. You're ruining it. And it would just, it would be not as bad, but pretty bad if you had a group of the He-Man Woman Haters Club show up at the, at the Dodger Stadium for, for some night, right? For some, uh, no, we don't do that. Let's make it about the baseball, which I know, look, I know baseball has a bit of a challenge on its hand because it's such an inherently boring game. Nobody cares about it anymore, and you got to do something. But this is an overreaction, don't you think? Right? They're just a bunch of executives at Major League Baseball trying to get the kids involved. Well, that's the whole point. We don't want the kids involved in this kind of stuff. Get it? Get it there? Who's the commissioner? It's not Bowie Kuhn anymore. Robert Medred or something like that. Manfred Roy. He's the guy who moved baseball the all-star game to denver remember that because he was offended by that voting law that worked greg kelly on the red apple podcast network uh do we know who uh deb jordan is um the name sounds vaguely familiar but i think she's got it all figured out here let's go vote desantis and get back to normal yeah for sure let's just roll everything back and it will be Bush politics as usual. That's what they want. It's what they've always wanted. And Ron DeSantis was the key. Let me tell you why Trump went after DeSantis. DeSantis made a bunch of promises to support Trump when the time came, even possibly being his running mate, if only he, Trump, would throw political weight and his endorsement behind him. In 2020, DeSantis met with Murdoch, who promised him if he ran against Trump, he would throw the weight of Fox News behind his campaign. Trump gets word DeSantis is now being groomed by Rove, Bush, Paul Ryan, and Murdoch to run for president. These are people who are behind the scenes working with key Democrats and rhinos like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, the Lincoln Project, the FBI, the CIA, and others who had sworn to bring Trump down. So you tell me, if someone did this to you, would you be nice to them? <laughs> it is interesting. You know, I mean, how, how could Trump say something like that? Well, that lawyer just accused him of being a rapist, right? And it's totally false, and they know it's false. How would you respond? You know, that's one of the worst things. Or I, I routinely call him a racist, a rapist, the most horrible things you could be called, and he's supposed to be nice about it. Um, 
I like this Deb Jordan. Uh, I think she's got it figured out. PeterSantilli.com, huh? Hmm. In 2024, we have to choose between a great governor and a much-hated, despised, frequently attacked former president who happened to be quite good at his job. Let me rephrase that. Who happened to be the greatest at the hardest job in the world. So I guess it's no secret. Who's my, and it goes on, who's my pick? The knives are out to do everything to stop Trump in 2024. They'll indict him, sue him, and endlessly persecute him. But Trump supporters will still back him. The media will call us a cult and ask us why we keep harping on the 2020 election. But if we don't find out what went wrong, how can we prevent the fraud from happening again? Liberals do not understand common sense, so they dismiss our skepticism about election results rife with blatant fraud. Good for her. I like it. I like it. How about you, Morty? Morty Mortimer from Union County. What's up? Greg, hope all is well. I just wanted to um I wanted to tell you how to get onto Twitter spaces. No, I mean, I nobody really knows how to get on Twitter space. I mean, I, I I know you don't have to do anything. The Twitter basically it's gonna be right there. It's stupid. You have to admit, most people, most of my listeners don't have Twitter accounts. It's the dumbest. It's really weird. It's really strange. It shows me that he's a little bit of afraid. He's afraid of doing this a traditional way. I don't get it. It doesn't. Does it make sense to you? So tell us about Twitter Spaces. Um, it's it's kind of. Do you know what Clubhouse is? No. The app Clubhouse. Well, it's, it's kind of a copycat. Nobody of that, wants to pretty, know. I mean, nobody wants to deal with it. We want to turn on the television. And see it. Log on to Twitter Spaces. Oh, it's just like Clubhouse. I'm not downloading anything else. I'm not signing up for anything else. I don't want to know another password. I I just think it's ludicrous, and it's kind of insulting, right? This wannabe rich guy with the richest guy, you know, Elon Musk, and this kid, I don't think it's a good match. I don't think it's good for the country. I don't think it's good for his campaign. I think it's going to be a total and complete disaster, but who knows? You know, Morty, I'm, I I just can't be bothered with it, Morty, all right? I mean, I, I want to just watch it on the news like a normal person. I don't want to go to Twitter spaces and listen to anything. I guess we'll put it on the radio. I yeah, mean, if you, can get it, if you can get it hooked up. You see, if you can get it hooked up, it's, you make it sound like I'm bootlegging cable or something like that, right? Like I'm trying to get the Playboy channel for free. You know, I mean, what, if you can get it hooked up, isn't this unbelievable? It should be straight. Don't you admit, Morty, it should be just a straight thing, right? Nobody wants yeah, to think you about be it. you able to connect on your phone. No, exactly. nobody. Forget connecting on the phone. Turn on the television. <laughs> this is turn on the television and make a speech. You know, the funny thing, it's interesting. You know, Donald Trump, you know what he did? He went out and he made a lot of speeches to people. And we liked his ideas and we liked what we saw. And he won. What's this? Oh, we're going to have a live spaces interactive medium with the founder and CEO. And oh, just shut up and talk. Just shut up and talk. What's your problem? What's wrong with you? Shut up and talk. I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but what are you going to do? Uh, thank you, pal. Thank you, Morty. Sandra, yes. Hi, Greg. I, I was so happy to see on the ticker uh, feed last night saying what you said, that um, Sean said, Skip Laura Ingram and watch Greg Kelly instead at 10 p.m. That was so great. But, um, you know, there were three unfortunate deaths recently that I wanted to mention. One was that football player, 21 years old, and I wonder again, was it the vaccination? Two, the father who wanted to protect his 14-year-old son who had a fight in school. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, two adults and three young people come to get the kids? And the father says, no, my son's not coming out. So they said, if he doesn't come out, we're going to get you. And they beat the father to death. I got to, you know what? I got to, I got to get my kids in homeschool. I can't, I don't want them leaving the house. I just, oh gosh, it's such a dangerous place now. It's become so crazy and weirdos everywhere and they're all smoking pot and going nuts and psychotic. I really, sometimes I want no part of this world. Sometimes I think about what did Lindbergh do? Didn't he move to England for a couple of years? Didn't he move to Switzerland or something like that? Is Switzerland woke crazy like we are? I love America. But sometimes I, I, I sometimes I really think maybe I need a timeout. I'm sorry. This is crazy stuff. I know. Don't worry. I'm going to stay and fight. But wow. Wow. All right, Sandra. Well, you're the best. Anything new? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to tell you one more thing. Oh, no. Don't the tell me another fatality. Thing. I don't want to know another death, okay? No more death. Well, it's preventative. This last one is preventative. Um, when I went out west a long time ago, I was driving, and there were no cars on the road, and I see something crossing, and as I came close, it was a huge turtle. So I get out of my car because I wanted to make sure the turtle crosses safely, and then a police car comes and yells at me. All right, yeah, you don't ever do that. Don't ever. The turtles know what to do. Are you talking about the guy who got run over who was trying to help the ducks? Yes. Yes, all right. Never get out of the car to mess around with the birds or the turtles. You know, before you know it, some alligator will be eating you. Just stay in your car. As a matter of fact, keep your windows rolled up. I am so, I don't want to sound like I'm a skittish uh, fra- frady cat or whatever, but no, no. Now, if there's a human being in the road, if there's a human being in the road who's lost and whatever, absolutely, by all means. But there's a way to do it. You don't just, yeah, I heard about that. I saw the picture of him helping the ducks. The duck, everybody knows to slow down for the ducks. He shouldn't have gotten involved, to be honest. I've seen that a million times, the ducks going. They don't need any help. They know what they're doing. And people know to slow down. Very unfortunate indeed. Sandra, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, don't mess around with that stuff. Hey, tonight, have you noticed we have a, uh, you ever hear the phrase, yes man? You know, someone's a yes man. They're too obsequious, always giving in, usually out of self-interest. You know, whatever they think the boss wants, they go along with. Well, you know, I, I do believe what the boss wants is hopefully your best opinion and your expertise about, you know, well, we got a challenge here. How do we do it? Well, what do you think, boss? Well, I think we should try it this way. Oh, uh, great idea, boss. The yes man mentality. I think it's more pervasive than it's ever been before, in part because of social media. Um, you know, one of the worst things you can be these days is bullied on social media. Canceled, right? If you, Oh, boy, if you get bullied, that's one step closer to being canceled. And we are terrified of being canceled, especially corporate America. They see their name mentioned on Twitter. They totally overreact and flip out and whatever. Anyway, we have a lot of people who are suddenly very deferential, afraid of their own shadow. This has been building for a long time. You know, a year ago today was the mass shooting, the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And remember all those cops just standing around waiting for some boss to get in there from, uh, Austin, Texas, who was making the trip 80 miles up the road. Well, we're not going to do anything until the boss gets here. Let's just uh, wait it out. Let's just wait it out while those kids bleed to death. No, well, our procedure says that we have to wait for uh, a System 2-type truck to be here and a, and a Level 3 supervisor. So we're not going to do a damn thing. How about just run in the place? How about run in and find the guy and shoot him? That's what you're supposed to do. Now, that entails risk. 
And that entails, oh, by the way, maybe you were breaking uh, Rule 67, Section B, Paragraph 9. All right. But we're too much too much hiding behind rules these days. And it's been a big problem for a long time. And it can lead to disaster, total and complete disaster. You know, weapons of mass destruction. A lot of yes, man, went along with it. The boss, Dick Cheney, wanted there to be weapons of mass destruction, pressured people to say there are weapons of mass destruction, so they did. They told the boss what the boss wanted to hear. What else? When, what else has this happened? We got WMD. You know where it's happened a lot? Airplanes. Airplane crashes. You know, you got the captain who's a bit headstrong, and the captain is the most experienced. The captain outranks everybody in the cockpit. The captain always knows better, right? Always knows best. No. He doesn't, or she doesn't. And there have been numerous fatal catastrophes where the captain was making a mistake and the co-pilot was afraid to say anything or was too gentle and beat around the bush too much because the captain is in charge. So they didn't say anything. Well, you got to speak up. you got to speak up and do something and say something. Because at the moment of truth, if you don't get in the habit of doing that, at the moment of truth, when lives are at stake, um, you know, you got to keep that muscle exercised. You got to speak up. And by the way, they figured this out with airplanes. Uh, you notice we don't have as many airplane crashes lately. Well, part of that is, um, they looked at all the cockpit footage and they realized, wait, why is everybody kissing the captain's ass? <laughs> the captain just made four mistakes in a row and no one's saying anything. Well, it's the captain. Seriously, they went through it. Now they've standardized communication in the in the cockpit to the point that, um, well, if there is an issue, you have to say something. You will say something, and you'll say it in a certain way, whatever. They figured it out. What else? What, what was another catastrophe where everything went to hell because people were afraid to say something? The Space Shuttle Challenger. Remember when that thing blew up? Guess what? There were like seven engineers who knew it was going to blow up, but they were afraid to tell the boss. They were afraid to tell the boss that seven astronauts were about to die on the space shuttle. How about that one, huh? Office politics when you're shooting off a rocket? Are you crazy? Well, we're going back there. I thought we fixed these things. We haven't. And oh, by the way, there were similar situations 17 years later when the Columbia blew up. Oh, I don't know. I don't think we should send that email. Uh, the boss might think we're being, uh, ooh, I don't know. I don't want him to think I have an attitude. I better be, I better play it safe and do nothing. And do nothing. It's very, it's very strange. And it's not altogether the work. It's kind of a weird compliment in a way. I saw it in the military a lot. There were so many people in the military. There are plenty of people in the military. Absolutely willing to sacrifice their life for their country. They'll go out there, they'll jump on the grenade, they'll take the hill, they'll fight, fight, fight to the last bullet, and then they run out of bullets, and then they'll take out their bayonet, and they'll fight, 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 and then the bayonet breaks, and then they'll fight with their bare hands before they die. And they'll do it again, and there are a million guys who will do the same thing. But the moment you have to risk your career, no way. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. You say that. I'm not going to tell them. No. So I think we have to, this yes man culture, yes man, yes woman, I don't know, it's leading to um, a lot of weirdness out there. And somehow we have governments, we have major companies saying it's a good idea to put pronouns at the end of an email. 
or to have drag time story hour in the cafeteria or in English class. It's insane, and it's not America. you got to be ready, ready for the big moment. You never know when it's going to come. You know what I mean, Eric? Eric in Manhattan? Yes. Hey, uh, Greg. Uh, I called in about because you were asking about spaces. I know some some guys called in. I mean, it's like a conference call. I don't want to know anything about spaces. No, I already went through this. It's the dumbest thing in the world. I know it's just going to pop up if you have Twitter. It's so weird. Man, I knew DeSantis was strange, but this is totally. And you know what? There's somebody on the campaign who knows better. Like, why the hell are we doing it this way? Are we crazy? Well, the boss wanted it that way. And DeSantis is one of those guys. I think he's very good at books. He's very good at books. You know, top of his class at Yale, top of his class at Harvard. Was he top of I'm assuming he was top of Yale, Harvard, all that stuff, right? And sometimes those credentials will, well, a couple of things. And I heard this from a guy who graduated from Harvard College and Harvard Law School. And he meets another person. I was feeling very inadequate at this. It was a wedding reception. And everybody there went to MIT, Yale, Harvard, Stanford, you name it, right? And the Harvard law guy, Harvard college guy, said to this woman who went to Yale and MIT, um, basically, so why did you go to those colleges? Or Like, how big was your insecurity that you were trying to compensate for with the degrees? And she said, well, it was pretty big, but, you know, <laughs> like, that's a thing. You go, you're insecure, so you go, you get these degrees, so, so nobody will mess with you anymore, but you're still very insecure. Um, I This this DeSantis thing is so weird. It's so crazy. I don't, I mean, Eric, you got to forget about how to get on a Twitter spaces. It's so strange, right? And also to, to, to have Elon Musk running the show, running the I'm, I'm running. Hey, I want to run the country. I'm going to run my announcement. You know, maybe you have uh, somebody who knew you when you were in the Boy Scouts introduce you. Okay, that's fine. And then you're the man. He's going to be reacting, reacting to questions from Elon Musk, reacting. No, 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 no. You react, Elon. I tell you, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's really weird. I don't like it. And uh, it's going to blow up. Anyway, I don't care, really, because I'm for Trump. All right, be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now they're doing all these little profiles on all the staffers who are working for who are working for DeSantis. I've never heard of any of these people. Uh, savvy political tactician named as... Janera Peck, P-E-C-K. She's running the campaign. Uh, let's see here. Some guy named David Abrams. Never heard of him. Mm, uh, there's a Dustin Carmack. Apparently some of these people, they say, used to work for Trump. Is that right? Um, these aren't exactly all-stars in the political world. I mean, well, uh, what is this? Ryan Tyson. Mm, I don't know. Corey Lewandowski is working for him. Hey, what happened to that guy? Corey Lewandowski. Ooh, yeah, he had some, uh, he had a little incident in California, didn't he? Hmm. Um, anyway, Trump fired him back in the 16 campaign, I think, right? Uh, we'll see what's going on. Uh, the White House U-Haul crasher is held in detention. You heard about that, right? You know, they won't tell us anything about, well, the, 
mass shooter at that school in Nashville from, what, six weeks ago? Uh, apparently, the authorities said that they were working off of the transgender thing being a motive in the case. She wrote a big manifesto. We can't see it. They won't show it to us. Why not? Uh, let's see. Stephen Paddock, the worst mass shooter in history, shot up that music fair in Las Vegas in 2017. We still don't know why he did it. FBI has had six years to study that thing. They still don't know why. Although every now and then it comes out that uh, people who knew him knew he was going to go on a shooting spree. And they even wrote him letters in 2017 saying, don't do it. Now, dribs and drabs, this is being leaked to us, not by the FBI. What did the FBI know beforehand? You look it up. You look up almost every major um, uh, crime, catastrophe, the FBI was involved in some way beforehand, but couldn't get their act together to stop it. I'm talking about 9-11, all those flight instructors, those flight schools are coming forward, talking about all these weirdos who wanted to take off but didn't want to land, who are very belligerent. Their behavior was abnormal. They called the FBI. The FBI failed to follow up adequately. How about uh, Lee Harvey Oswald? You know, when JFK was shot, guess who had Lee Harvey Oswald's name in their database and had every intention of talking to Lee Harvey Oswald uh, in the days leading up to the assassination, but never got around to it. They somehow just didn't get around to the um, traitor who went to the Soviet Union, who had a job right along the presidential motorcade route. Agent Hosty was his name. H-O-S-T-Y. You can look it up. He had all this information about, about Lee Harvey Oswald, yet they didn't go there. They didn't follow up. So... I would like to know, wouldn't you? They don't trust us. They don't respect us. They don't respect that the swamp has gotten so crazy. I heard, I want to get the exact words right, but you really need a government that is somewhat, you know, a little bit afraid of the people. You don't want uh, people afraid of the government. And that's what we got now. And with 87,000 new IRS agents coming online, um, that's something, oh, by the way, Byron Donalds took on. I played it and, uh, got a lot of attention on the, uh, on the Truth Social. All right. Oh, there's Twitter. I'm sorry. There's a, there's the music. Tonight, there will be a Twitter event. And you know what could happen? And I've heard speculation about this in the middle of Ron DeSantis's announcement, um, on this Twitter spaces thing. Trump goes back on Twitter. You know, he hasn't tweeted since he got suspended. They brought him back. He can tweet. Maybe tonight's the night. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I have a picture my wall. So this song is by the Thompson Twins. Thompson Twins, and I remember hearing it when I was driving around with my brother looking for a college. He was uh, looking at colleges. It came out in late 83, early 90, early 84, somewhere around there, because he was in high school, so it was in either 83 or 84. So that means that song is 40 years old. I heard it on the way into the building today. You know, they play all these lobbies. They play uh, 80s music, right? It's interesting, though, 40 years ago, 1983, 40 years before that was 1943. You know, the Glenn Miller Band, I guess, and people like that, 
uh, interesting. We weren't listening to Glenn Miller in 1983, right? You just weren't listening to that. I guess some... Uh, what's happened to music? Has it plateaued? If you heard this on the radio, would you think it's an oldie? Not really. You wouldn't even think a damn thing about it. It's like on the... It's the music. It's radio. It doesn't sound old. doesn't sound new. It just sounds whatever. Is this deep or silly? I don't know. I just find it wild that I remember 1983 and we weren't listening to uh, music from the 50s or 40s or 30s. And we're doing that now the same amount of time. What does it mean? My brother ultimately chose um, Manhattan College. I remember we were driving all the way up to SUNY Plattsburgh. You know we have a college all the way up there? SUNY Plattsburgh. Yeah, it's a big hockey school. I think Wiener went there, actually. Anthony Wiener. <clears throat> and lay off him. He's a great guy, and he's got a lot of lot to say. Yes, I know, he's liberal on this, that, and the other thing, but, man, does that, he's very knowledgeable. Learned a hell of a lot, and uh, very insightful dude. Uh, all right, Memorial Day is almost here. Uh, that's another thing. Why is he announcing... Shouldn't he be? An, look, I'm no political consultant, but aren't you supposed to? You can turn the music off now. Aren't you supposed to be announcing in the middle of uh, in the middle of Memorial Day? Wouldn't that be better instead of on Twitter on a Wednesday night? I don't know. I don't know. Here's something else. Did you see the drive-by shooting caught on camera? They like to say caught on camera. Some woman shows up, nice lady. She's being interviewed about crime in Memphis, Tennessee. And when you talk to somebody on the street, you get them to spell your name. Uh, their name, so you can, when you go back to the editing booth and you're futzing around with the tape, you'll know how to spell it and put it on the screen correctly. So they're about to interview her about a rising crime, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. This is uh, Bill Hemmer over there setting the whole situation up on the Fox News. Go ahead. A television news crew was interviewing a woman about anti-crime near Memphis. Anti-crime now, when this happened. Your name for me? Uh, my name is Yolanda, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. Get down, just get down, get down. Just stay down and get down. That's okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stay down and get down. It's now oh, they're coming back. Okay. You okay, Jay? Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that cover us. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. We should be all right. Wow. Total pro. Total pro. What an amazing woman. I thought that was really great. And obviously a woman of deep faith. And I think that's what helped her keep calm. Not only is she, I mean, she's calm. She understands the threat. Okay, it's over there. We're under control here. And the blood of Jesus she's talking about. Wow. How is it that she's that calm? Faith, I think, will really ultimately fix what's wrong in this world ultimately i don't know you saw the statistics that fewer people are going to church fewer people are thinking about god than ever before in 1998 it was like 67 percent. now it's like 27 percent. it's insane um and i heard this guy over the weekend they're trying to come up with little strategies to get people into church how do we get men and women into church how do you do it you know and they try to make the church shorter they try to, uh, I don't know, you know, make some, make the music a bit more contemporary. 
And this guy in the middle of it just says, hold on a second. You know how we get people in church? It's not about getting people in church. It's getting God into people. And then they'll be in church. It doesn't focus on getting God into people. It said something like that. Uh, Mr. DeLay, I think his name is. I should look it up. I, I hear it sometimes online. Granted, I haven't been Times Square Church. Are you familiar? And uh, very, very powerful stuff. And I heard something else, and I know people never like talking about it. I, quite frankly, don't like talking about it. I don't even like hearing about it until, well, things changed a little bit. Um, and I'm sorry to do this, but I was listening to this minister, and I'm like, you know what? He's right. And he said, look, Satan is real. Satan exists, and Satan is out to screw up everything. And Satan will tempt you, and Satan will do this. And I got to tell you, somehow when I... When I heard that, that Satan is out to get me, and I do believe this, oh, by the way, it made it somehow like, all right, I'm not going to let that bastard win. Know what I mean? I'm not going to just let this, you know, wait, wait, he wants to mess up my life? I don't think I'm going to, no, it's another incentive to not, I don't know, does that make sense at all? You know, I know we all want to do good, and we do want to do good, and it's wonderful to do good. But when I know that there's somebody trying to screw up everything, and he's got a name, Satan, I know it's a little touchy, and people don't necessarily like hearing about it, including myself. It was on a podcast, the Charles Stanley podcast, and I said, you know, Satan's plan to destroy your life. Like, ooh, this sounds like fun. <laughs> I don't know Satan, um, but I, I do think it's real. And if I thought about it like that, and then there's in Ephesians about putting on armor, spiritual armor to protect yourself from this, from this stuff, from their evil plans. And they are evil. Um, what do you think? Bob, you want to say something about scripture? Hello. Yeah. Hey, but hey, Greg, if I could on what you just said, me and a buddy of mine back in the seventies, we came up with an idea of how we can get people kids to come to church and we we created uh, a curriculum really with music uh we broke the we broke the mass down into like a dinner type thing and we had this whole thing going on so that somehow we would draw the kids in why and our phrase was why would you want to come to mass and i don't know we had some success and I, I owe it all to the wonderful Dominican sisters, and I just threw that out there. The reason for my call, I'm Bob, the, the singing plumber, by the way, and my thought was two words, unity and synergy. And I was thinking of that with, with Trump, and with even with the, the movie Braveheart, where Mel Gibson says to the guy, unite us. I see it in you, unite us. And then I'm reading my scripture in the morning, and you came into mind, you and Trump, believe it or not. First Corinthians fourteen thirty three. the verse says, God does not want us to be in disorder, but in harmony and peace. That's it. That was my thought of the day. And I, you, you jumped out at me like a little picture of Greg here at the bottom of the page in the scripture. I don't know, you know, where that came from, but I, I had to share it. Well, I love it. it. First Corinthians, uh, chapter 14, verse 33, right? Is that what you said? Yes. All right. Yes, it's funny. I'm trying to put my life in order right now. And, uh, you know what I have? I have this color system. 
I, I love magic markers. I love them, and I can never pick what pen I want to use at any given time, and I'm always messing with my, anyway, with my, with my penmanship and this, that, and the other thing, and I finally have a system down as to what ink I am going to use, because if I use the same color ink in my notebook, it gets all jumbled and confused. I've got a very light blue for administrative things, emails and notes that I have to send. I have, uh, green for anything that I eat and my exercise. I have gray for anything TV or radio show related and on and on. on. I have purple for God. I have purple for God and, uh, Ephesians is, uh, on my list today, but I love what you said. And, uh, anyway, Bob, thank you very much. All the way back in the 1970s, huh? Yeah, it was good. All right. Keep it up, pal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, oh, there's one other thing I wanted to ask. And every now and then I want to like just say it out loud because I know I can be pretty tough on people. Um, you know, I can be pretty, look, you know, very, I could sound pretty judgy about you know, Ron DeSantis and, and Joe Biden, but you know, my policy is this and I think it works. I really, I think it works. I don't, I don't like these people. Well, I could like DeSantis maybe someday. Um, but I love these people. I love them. Even and even especially my enemies. I mean, oh my gosh, where the hell would I be if it wasn't for my enemies? I would still be uh I don't know, I would still be in that, you know, that job that I didn't like, you know what I mean? That I would still I would I would be stuck. And my enemies made it very difficult for me to stay there, so I left. God can do that. What else about my enemies? They're hilarious. I mean, genuinely funny and smart. On Twitter, people say, like, how can you take... Oh, my God, this guy is so funny. They're funny. And you know what? Yes, I may disagree, but there's an element of truth to some of what they're saying, an element of it. I mean, if my, <laughs> in their eyes, I can see it. I hope that makes sense. Let me try Maria in Short Hills before I go. Hi. Hi, Greg. Um, I know a week from tomorrow is June, your favorite month, Gay Pride. I'm being sarcastic. I have to tell you a quick story. Yesterday afternoon, after work, I had to go to my uh, neighborhood Walgreens to pick up a prescription. I'm getting into the store. I'm walking down the aisle, which happens to be the toy aisle. I stopped in my tracks in between the Barbie dolls and the swimmy toys for little kids is a huge gay pride display geared for little ones three years old and above. They had every kind of toy, every kind of beanie baby in the gay pride colors. Unbelievable, Greg. Listen, I don't care who you sleep with, but everything at the appropriate age. Unbelievable. This is happening everywhere, even on the corner of happy and healthy. Uh, and this is, by the way, Walgreens, the drugstore, right? Is that what you said? Yes, my neighborhood Walgreens. And after I got my prescription, everybody knows me in the store. I went up to the front and I explained the situation. And very nicely, I said, I'd like to speak to the store manager. He came up to me like a kid. He said to me, Mrs. I can't tell you my last name. He said, I only work here. If you want to complain, call 1-800-WALGREENS. I did. I voiced my my complaint. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but do you believe it for little children, Greg? Mm, it's uh, it's so wrong. It's so weird. It's so strange. And oh man, what do I do? Is there a Walgreens around here? I get Walgreens and Dwayne Reed confused. There is one. They're on every corner. I'm going to go in and see if I can find what you found. 
Uh, I just think kids should be kids. The sexuality stuff will happen on its own. It shouldn't even be acknowledged with children in a way, publicly at least. This is for children to figure out, you know, on their own. Man, you know, as insane as things are right now, remember it was insane to smoke a cigarette on a plane, but we we did. In your lifetime, Maria, people were smoking uh, cigarettes on airplanes. Do you remember that? Yeah, even in the caveman days, yes. <laughs> so we, uh, and then we all stopped. We realized it was insane and ludicrous, and uh, it was stopped. Granted, it took a law or two to make that happen, but nobody would ever, in a, you know, smoke on a plane. You know, if somebody smoked on a plane, somebody would take a video of it and would go mega viral, and you know, just be, it's, it would be that, that outlandish. And maybe some of this stuff will be seen the same way. The uh, this intense effort to sexualize children, which, oh, by the way, is being led by the White House. Absolutely. I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So Janice Dean is the uh, formerly uh, not insane person. Uh, over on Fox News Channel, and uh, look, I, uh, I I can't stand Cuomo and the COVID stuff. I was demanding his resignation before Janice Steen ever was, and uh, I mean totally over that. The, the The area where I defend Cuomo is that made up stuff about him being a predator. It's such a joke. All right, it's it's ludicrous on its face. So uh, what happened with Rita and the governor yesterday? They had a talk. And now Janice Dean is all fired up. Let's see here. Cut 14. Here's my official response to yesterday's interview on WABC radio here in New York with Rita Cosby and the former disgraced governor of New York. When it comes to nursing homes, he continues to lie and gaslight and not take any responsibility or accountability of what happened to over 15,000 seniors here in New York, including my husband's parents. Um, there was no pushback during the interview. He continued to blame everybody else except the man that signed the order for 46 days to flood nursing homes with over 9,000 COVID positive patients. Hey, hold on a second. It was Stop for a second. Um, I believe that what's her name? Janice Dean was invited to come on the radio and and she didn't. I think she's got some sort of uh, excuse for that. Keep going. To nursing homes, he continues to lie and gaslight and not oh, take any start all the way responsibility over. or accountability I don't know. of what happened to over 15,000 seniors here in New York, including my husband's parents. Oh, here we go again. Um, there was no pushback Which is, oh, by during the, way, the very sad. He continued to blame everybody else except the man that signed the order for 46 days to flood nursing homes with over 9,000 COVID positive I would patients. love to. i got to do this. It Can you was, pause it without going all the way back? I called for his resignation, I promise you, before Janice Dean ever did. I was on that COVID thing. And the other thing that really set me off was sending the boat back, sending the mercy ship back. Remember, as a as an FU to Trump. All right, keep going here. It's disgraceful. It was hard to listen to. He rambled on. Rita Cosby barely pushed back. All right, on stop him. for a second. All right, Rita Cosby. Bar- Rita Cosby invited Janice Dean to come. All right. I am getting a little sick of this midi, missy goody two shoes routine that she pulls on the air as well. And you know what I find really offensive? That she finally found the courage to speak her truth about Roger Ailes once Roger Ailes was dead and this book exploiting the Me Too moment. Oh, I was harassed too. 
I don't believe you. I don't believe that other one. What was her name again? Gretchen and the rest of you. And if, oh, by the way, it is, if it was true, which it's not, you should have said something while you could have done something about it. What about the whole protecting women thing, huh? Protect women, right? Women and girls and bravery. What? No, protect your careers. Is that what you guys are all about? Gretchen and, uh, and the other one here? I wonder. I wonder. You know, it was like earlier, I told you, people will s- sacrifice their lives for all kinds of things, but they won't risk their careers. I must say, I'm definitely not in that category. I, uh, that's for sure. All right, give me one moment. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, we are joined by Nassau County's best, the leader, Bruce Blakeman, County Executive. Welcome back, sir. Hey, Greg. How are you? Is your microphone on? Yeah. One more time. Say it again. Nice to see you, Greg. Oh, thank you very much. And this gentleman is uh, just keeping an eye on you? Yeah, that's Chris Boyle, my communications director. He, oh. wants, he wants to make sure I don't say anything stupid. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. And... uh so, what the hell's going on out there? First of all, everyone seems to like you. You're doing a good job. You're on top of everything, including this uh, stunt the Democrats pulled with the ballots. What happened? Yeah, well, basically, uh, everybody in the county got a postcard that was registered to vote, and they all were re- were identified as Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, working families, Green Party, we're all identified as Democrats. So we started getting calls right away. We called the Board of Elections. We said, what's up? Apparently, the printing house and mailing house that they hired uh, for the Board of Elections uh, pushed the wrong button. And everybody was identified as a Democrat, but it's being corrected and... uh they will identify everybody correctly. Oh, wait a second. They pushed the wrong button. I mean, <laughs> it, like an oops maneuver, or they said, let's don't push that button, push you know, this button. In this case, I think it was an honest mistake because I don't think Jay Jacobs, the uh, head of the Democratic Party in the state and the county, would want 300,000 plus Republicans voting in his primary. So I, I don't think it was. Uh, nefarious i think it was a mistake well maybe it's a test run too they're always testing these things ahead of time what they can pull off remember the iowa caucus in 2020 got all screwy and who knows it was a dry run all right so hey let me ask you this and then we'll get into other things uh george santos the congressman i gotta tell you i like the guy i know there's this that and the other thing but uh when as a congressman is he doing the job no no. Not even the job? I mean, voting the right way and that kind of stuff? Well, voting the right way is immaterial. The fact of the matter is that the guy has no credibility. Uh, when you're a member of Congress, it's not only how you vote. It's how you interact with the community and other elected officials. It's about getting things done. And when you have absolutely no credibility that nobody believes anything you're saying, uh, you can't function as a member of Congress. You can't function, function as any public official. The guy is a perpetual liar, and he lies about important things, not minor things like, you know, his batting average in Little League was, you know, 300 when it was only 200. He lies about everything, his education, uh, his employment, um, his religion, uh, his parents. He lies incessantly, and uh, and he's someone that uh, I think does not deserve to be in the House of Representatives. Well, 
He's uh, he's told a lot of lies, that's for sure. And if he keeps this up, he'll may one day tell half as many lies as Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden has been guilty as hell, a lot of things, lies, Bo Biden dying in Iraq and all that stuff. But look, yeah, I know he's got a lot of baggage right now. Um, all right, so... How long has it been since you've been the county exec? Six months. Year and a half. Year and a half. Oh, I'm sorry, gosh. Year and a half. Time flies. What do you love most about the job? Helping people. I think that people come to the county because they need uh, solutions to problems that they have. Sometimes they're everyday problems. Sometimes they're very big problems. So we get to do that. And then we get to effectuate uh, uh, the public discourse. And uh, certainly uh, we are trying to present ourselves as a more right-of-center county uh, we have values that are patriotism and respect for the flag and respect for our country. And uh, I get to keep taxes down, which is a major part of my um, agenda, and create economic prosperity and, most importantly, keep the community safe. Excellent. What about the drag queens in the schools? I can't believe that that's even a thing. Uh, I hope – has that come up on your uh, your agenda? I mean, you, you don't think they should be in the schools, obviously. Uh, are people in Nassau County still pushing that? No. Um, basically, um, Nassau County is very different than New York City as far as governance of education. In New York City, the mayor is the uh, is the governor of uh, of all the education. The city controls the education. Out on Long Island, it's all different school districts, and you may get an outlier school district that wants to do something that um, is is crazy, quite frankly. Uh, but most of the school districts, uh, the people are most concerned with the education of their children, and they don't want to get involved in all these extraneous issues. They really have no business in school. Uh, some of the crazy things like teaching sex education and sexual identity at, uh, you know, eight years of age, it, it's just – it's a big distraction to education, and it's it's something that, quite frankly, should be done solely by the parents and not by schools. Is Billy Joel really leaving Nassau County? Did you hear about that? I heard his house is for sale and for a lot of money. Is he gonna Is he gonna get another one in Nassau County? I can't believe Billy Joel would leave us. He can't leave. I I don't know, but uh, I can tell you he's had a continuous presence on Long Island uh, for his whole life. So I would imagine that maybe you know. Maybe it's like a lot of us that are getting older. We're just going to downsize. Huh. Yeah, no, that's true. That he, how many times are you going to use that helipad? You know, <laughs> he's got a helipad on Center Island there. All right. If Nassau County were a state, it would be like, like what, the 10th biggest state, the 12th biggest state, do you know? Yeah, we are larger than 10 states in population, and we we have a gross domestic product that's uh, larger than 144 nations in the United Nations. That so is incredible. Big. And uh, Nassau County, what is that lion, the lion, the symbol of Nassau County? Where does that come from? Yeah, so that comes from the House of Nassau uh, back uh, when the Netherlands were um, controlling New York State. And that's where we come from, the House of Nassau and also the House of Orange. Uh, that's why there's an Orange County in uh, in New York State, because when the Netherlands were um, the uh, first explorers, the Dutch uh they left a culture and a tradition in New York State, and that was picked up on Long Island with Nassau County being named after the House of Nassau. Awesome. Well, look, it looks like you were ma- – I mean, this is a role of a lifetime for you. You were born to do this kind of work. I really feel that way, and it's like uh, – however, you know, we have a national conversation, and we have Kristen Gillibrand, and you got one hell of a political base, and uh, you're a proven winner. I think she's up for re-election next year. Um, any chance you running? Not at all. Uh, I love my job. 
I like being a chief executive officer. I've been a legislator before. I'd rather be a chief executive officer. So uh, I really love my job, and I, I have a lot of more work to do. So, um, no, they'll have to find another candidate uh, to run against uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. I got an idea. Hochul. Go up against Hochul. It's three and a half years. Uh, maybe, maybe, I, I, maybe. No, nah, I love it's my a, It's I an executive. But, all right, three years from now, maybe you'll be wanting to do what you did to Nassau County for the entire state. I love Nassau County. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me. It's really a blessing to be county executive, so I'm very happy. What's the budget in Nassau County? Our budget is close to $4 billion a year. Wow. Uh, and how much of that is discretionary? Well, uh, certainly we have contracts and we have uh, state mandates that are uh, very annoying because we don't get any control over spending the money. So I would say probably a third of that is discretionary. Well, that's one hell of a responsibility. And again, uh, hearing great things about what you're doing. You know, I used to live in Baldwin Thanks, and then I moved to Garden City. Yes. And, uh, but I've, I've been in the city for a while. Hey, what's, have you bumped into Laura Curran? You know, she's the ex county executive. She works here. <laughs> I'm sure it's very cordial when you do cross paths, right? Yeah. I like, uh, Laura very much. I think she's a really good person. And, um, even our campaign was, uh, a campaign on ideas and policy and, uh, different opinions. But it was never nasty. It was never personal. Um, so I like her very much. And, yes, I have bumped into her a couple of times, and it is very cordial. Okay, very nice. All right. Uh, one more thing. Anything new at the uh, Aviation Museum, which I love. It's my favorite little spot in Long Island. Yeah, so they're looking to expand, and uh, we are working with them on the expansion of the Cradle of Aviation. For those who are listening out there, it is an amazing museum. Uh, there's so much history especially aviation history in Nassau County, uh, whether it's you know Charles Lindbergh or, or Harry Guggenheim, who probably was the original financier of all aviation in America. And um, he was a Nassau County resident in Sands Point. And then we have the Children's Museum, the Firefighters Museum. We've got a lot of cultural uh, activities uh, in Nassau County. And we've got the best restaurants, the best shopping, the best beaches, and the best parks and the best golf courses. Yeah, no, it's an amazing place. It's all right there. Well, Bruce Blakeman, continued success. Never say never when it comes to running uh, against uh, Kathy Hochul or whatever. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg. All right. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Thank you. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, shoot. What are you going to do? Huh? What are you going to do? What do? What can you do? What can you do? How many more hours until what's-his-name speaks? DeSantis is speaking under the care and tutelage of Elon Musk. Strangest thing in the world. Totally bizarre. Makes absolutely no sense. But whatever. This is a... this is what he's going to do. This is, is this a political genius? Can this guy take down Donald Trump? Uh, no, no, he can't. Hey, here's the U-Haul hitting the White House the other night. Cut 16, please. You hear that? Uh, all right. Uh, some maniac in a U-Haul try to go through a barrier about a block away from the White House, actually, but it's, you could make the case that it was part of the White House complex. This guy had uh, all kinds of delusions. He's going to take over the White House. He's going to take over the country. If Joe Biden gets in his way, he's going to take care of Joe Biden in a very bad way. 
the individual, I would say, looks to be, I would say, from Southeast Asia. That's my sense, all right, uh, looking at him, Southeast Asia. Uh, the FBI, in about eight seconds, whipped out a Nazi flag that they said was in the back of the truck and put it on the ground and let everybody take pictures of it. You see, he's a Nazi sympathizer, as if... I mean, we hate Nazis. I mean, we hate Nazism. We hate it. We hate it. But you see, it kind of goes to that thing about, ooh, it's a white supremacy type operation. And you hear that within moments, within seconds when it comes to anything, because they like to say that MAGA is white supremacy, which obviously it is not. And some of the great heroes, just look at who MAGA is made up of and look at Joe Biden's support in the black community, which is going down really, really fast. Folks don't like being pandered to. He's doing a hell of a lot of pandering, isn't he? Isn't he? Um, all right. So we don't care for the, uh, the donors too much. It's not up to them. Uh, we don't care for the mainstream media. It's not up to them. It's actually up to us. Oh, and on my television show, we went on and on. Hey, do me a favor. This is, uh, that, no, I don't think we have any new sound on that teacher. The crazy professor who held a knife, a machete. Who the hell has a machete? Held a machete to the New York Post reporter. I've seen machetes. Somebody once gave me a machete as a gift. I gave it right back. I'm going to hurt myself with this thing. A knife that big is just not practical. Number one, where do you put it? Number two, if you actually have to use it, there's a damn good chance you're going to hurt yourself. All right. Actually, I was in the Marine Corps. I was in Iraq, and somebody gave me a machete. And I basically threw it right in the Tigris River. I said, I don't need this thing. I don't need this thing. Hey, speaking of which, General Milley, General Mark Milley will be leaving the chair of the Joint Chiefs pretty soon, and he'll be regular Joe Schmo civilian. We won't get to wear the uniform much anymore. Remember when he apologized for being with Trump, cut 32? As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, that sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. How about that, huh? Ooh, can't be involved in domestic politics, right? No, no. Fast forward to uh, now, General Milley has thoughts on the debt ceiling situation, the debt ceiling. Uh, cut 33. China uh, right now uh, describes us in their open speeches, etc., as a declining power. Defaulting on the debt will only reinforce that thought and embolden China and increase risk to the United States. No, yes, all right. That's a way of uh, basically uh, involving himself in domestic politics. Stay the hell out of it, General. General Mutinous Mark Milley. Hey, Tina Turner. Tina Turner, dead at the age of 83. What a woman. What a life. Wow. Um, 83 years old. Had a rough life at times. Some amazing hits, of course. Uh, what else? Well, that notorious husband of hers, Ike, that was a very bad situation. He was, by all accounts, incredibly abusive. And I know that she, well, she suffered a lot of loss. A son of hers, a few years back, committed suicide. I was so saddened when I saw that. And that's got to be really tough on a mother and anybody. And I hope nobody ever does that. But uh, Tina Turner, what else do we know about Tina Turner? I must say I've pretty much exhausted my Tina Turner knowledge. 
I liked the What's Love Got to Do With It movie. I liked, um, uh, what else did I like? Let's see. Let's, what else do we know about Tina Turner? Any of you guys know anything about Tina Turner? Let me know. I'm going to just do a little Googling here. I don't know where she was from or anything like that. Let's see. Um, oh, I knew she married a sh- Swiss shipping magnate at one point. Tina Turner was an American born, blah, 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 blah. Where is she from? She was born in Brownsville, Tennessee in 1939. She died in Switzerland. Uh, let's see. Turner began her career with Ike Turner's Kings of Rhythm in 1957. Under the name Little Ann, she appeared on her first record, Box Top, in 1958. Um, A Fool in Love was her next big hit. The duo, Ike and Tina Turner, became one of the most formidable live acts in history. They released hits such as It's Gonna Work Out Fine, River Deep, Mountain High, Proud Mary, and Nutbush City Limits, and they disbanded in 1976. We have any Tina Turner music? I like that What's Love Got to Do With It song. Or I Don't Want to Fight. That's a good song, too. I Don't Want to Fight No More. Time boom. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, that's a good song, too. Kind of. What's Love Got to Do With It, right? Well, what else can you say? She had a big mansion in Switzerland. She did well financially. I think because she married that guy in part. A lot of these musicians are taken advantage of. Oh, this is the one. It's kind of a sad song, too. This is the movie, her biography, I guess. The biopic. So after uh, Ike, Erwin Bach showed up. Bach was much younger, 16 years her junior. And I think that they were involved all the way to the end. Seven years ago, she got intestinal cancer. Well... A beautiful song. I really like that. And then, of course, there's the private dancer, Acid Queen, Break Every Rule, Foreign Affair, Wildest Dreams, 24 7. No, I don't recognize that. All right. Rest in peace, Tina Turner, 83 years old. Um, what do we think about this? Uh, Barbara, hello. Uh, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Jan. I'm hearing you talk about the different candidates and what's going on with that. And I'm looking back at one of our founders, Reverend Samuel Langdon, who was an American minister, active at the time of the revolution and eventually appointed to be president of Harvard. So this man was no lightweight. He gives us advice coming from 1788 about how to choose our representatives in the higher powers of government. 
Now, when I look at the people who you are talking about, the people who are running for president on both parties, and I look at his words and see which words fit which man, he says, fix your eyes upon men of knowledge improved by experience. He says, men who fear God and hate covetousness or envy, men who love truth and righteousness and sincerely wish for the public welfare. Just that part of the list that he gives of things to look for definitely separate out the people who are running for president very clearly. I love it. Who's this? Langdon is his name? Yes, Reverend Samuel Langdon. And who does this make you, who is lacking in this stuff the most, do you think? Well, let me see. Who lacks honesty and who lacks experience and who is covetous? and envious, and who has no concern for the public welfare? <laughs> yeah. I think There's our answer, of course. <laughs> right? uh, yeah. You remember that, that tape I made, uh, the highlight reel of him being so greedy and envious, Joe Biden of, uh, of rich people. Now, you say not experienced. Some people would, some people would say, wait, what was that noise? Oh, never mind. All right. Well, anyway, Barbara, thank you much. Uh, thank you, everybody. I got to go across the street. Uh, Barbara, did you ever go to a uh, Tina Turner concert? Music. What? I really like her music. Yeah, she was something else. And what's that other song? Yeah, I want to make a million dollars. Yeah, I guess I want a family. That's the private dancer one. And I remember, man, that Ike. Ike Turner, that's when domestic abuse, that's the first time I ever even heard about it. She left him back in the 70s, and anyway, I'm glad she ultimately found peace. I'll see you guys tonight at 10 o'clock on Newsmax.